1: Uh, Growing up, I was always looking for purpose, straight up, like I I had friends, uh, I was a popular kid, I tried to fit in, I was a bit of a people pleaser.
2: Inside the 5150 Studios, this is Knocking Doors Down, a podcast about sharing inspirational stories of those who have come from great adversity to live purposeful lives in the area of addiction and mental health. And we are here to end the stigma around those two things. I'm your host, Jason, alcoholic, had some depression and anxiety issues. My co-host, Uncle Mikey over there, he struggled a little bit with that anxiety and depression. I wouldn't say a little bit. I'm riddled with that shit. (laughs) Craig Siegel, you are with us. Thank you for joining us. Of course, the host of the CLS Experience, and uh, we'll want to talk about that. But uh, where are you at now, man? Because, like, you are just kicking ass.
1: Yeah, first of all, thank you guys so much for having me. What an honor. And we could have talked for an hour before we hit record. We um, want <laughs> to say some juicy stuff for the show. Um, yeah. Where I'm at now physically is in Manhattan in the Big Apple in New York City. Um, but I imagine maybe you meant mentally by that question.
3: Correct. I'll be in Manhattan. <laughs> we we're just talking about that. I'm going there in a couple of days. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man.
1: Um, the city that never sleeps. So, so ironically enough, mentally, I've actually never been in a better place in my entire life. And I'll give you some context. Um, I was miserable uh, for the last few years, right before the pandemic, interestingly enough. And I was on Wall Street. Uh, I had a 10 year, 11 year career there. Uh, I was very successful from a monetary standpoint. But as I learned, making money doesn't necessarily equal success. My definition of success today is how happy you are uh, and the impact that you're able to make and contribute to this world. And so, going backwards for a second, I I was on Wall Street. uh, I was doing well, uh, but it started to become very stressful, unpredictable, uh, soul-sucking. So I pivoted. I started a new business in finance, also lucrative, uh, but did not set my soul on fire. It felt like I was waking up every day and going to a J O B. Um, Mm -hmm. And you guys mentioned anxiety and like depression and stuff like that, like you name it, I I was going through it. See, here's the thing. It's like when you're not excited about what you do, it's tough to remain grateful, right? Because sure, you have your health, but like at the end of the day, like you're going to wake up tomorrow and do the same thing over again. It's like, like, how is that fun or exciting? And and I found myself stuck. And when I say the word stuck, let me be clear and take full accountability. There's always a choice. I guess I didn't want to make the tough decisions or, or ask myself the tough questions until the pandemic when I shut down my office, what I thought would be two weeks. And I'd always felt called and guided, but I was never to put my, I was never able to like put my finger on, on what my message is or, or what my mission is, so to speak. And for the first time, my love, I grounded myself in the pandemic. And I just asked myself those tough questions, guys, like, am I really happy? Absolutely not. <laughs> what would make me happy and, and so forth. And, and so from studying personal development for the last 10 years, Because I picked that up the same time I got to Wall Street. I've been obsessed with that stuff, removing limiting beliefs and all that. And so I asked myself two things. I said, what are my gifts and what is my passion? And in that two-week window or so I thought I had in the pandemic, uh, when I saw a lot of people doing a lot of Netflix and a lot of day drinking, I said, my gift is my ability to communicate effectively. And my passion, simple, personal development. I love that stuff. I can't get enough of it. And so I married those two concepts and I started Cultivate Lasting Symphony, or a play on my initials, CLS. And right. I just went all in, guys. And fast forward a little over a year, I'm very humble to say the brand has exploded. We just did a million downloads on the podcast, which is sponsored by Mark Cuban, some of the world's biggest celebrities on there. I'm flying out tomorrow for a big speaking engagement to Atlanta, coaching masterminds, all the stuff. Uh, and as it turns out, I'm completely out of Wall Street now, by the way. The whole irony of this story is, is I didn't start CLS for the money, but as I discovered, when you really step into that alignment, what's hit soul on fire, when you turn the volume up on the, the voice to the dream in your heart and you do a good job, the universe has no choice but to have the money follow you. So now I'm making more money than I ever made on Wall Street, which is just a bonus because to be honest with you, I would do this stuff for free. Uh, and this is it for me in some capacity for the rest of my life. And i like to believe we're just getting warmed up. So it's interesting that you started out with like, where are you right now mentally? After 35 years of searching, I finally found myself.
0: 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, What if? Go after it, grab it, and make it happen. Being 5150 is committing to that long, hard road. That road you know is going to be tough, but the most rewarding. That's living the madness. That's 5150. If you're living the 5150 lifestyle, then celebrate by rocking the goods. So listen up, there's a special deal for listeners. Of knocking doors down. Go to 5150ltm.com and enter code kdd 20 and receive 20% off your purchase. That's 51 F I F T Y So let
3: oh, me ask yeah. you this, Craig. When you you were on Wall Street, you were doing what you were doing, and when you decided to start CLS, have you ever ran a business or company before? Ever? Yeah. Okay. So you were already familiar with how to go about that and all that good stuff. So that wasn't anything holding you back.
1: That not particularly, but let me be honest, this whole online space thing was a whole different arena. I mean, when I started this thing, I had 300 Instagram followers. I had zero connections, none of these celebrities. This was, I was like a fish out of water, putting myself out there. Believe it or not, I'm more of an introvert and a little bit shy. So although I've started my own business on Wall Street before that was successful, uh, to me, this whole online space and personal branding was a completely different arena. I think that's
2: one of the reasons that in hearing you speak and some other things that I think it's helpful for anyone that is struggling, may coming into their recovery now or struggling with mental health stuff is that it's going to take some some fucking work, guys, to switch that mindset and get going in in a different direction. And you kind of I wouldn't say you tackled it fearlessly, but you went through the fear.
1: Yeah. And you know, what's a good quote that always stuck out to me is you don't drown by falling in the water. You drown by staying there. And I was drowning on Wall Street for years. And a couple of years back, I was looking for an outlet because I always felt cold. Like I said, like I knew I was here for a reason. I think we all are here for a purpose and we all have gifts. And I started running a bunch of marathons because I had all this built up energy mm-hmm. and I have an addictive personality. <laughs>
2: and
1: so that was really cool. I came into running a couple of years back. I ran four marathons in one year. I just ran New York City a couple of weeks back. Um, but I wasn't looking to become a professional runner or anything like that. I was just looking for something, searching to, to see what pulled my, my heart and my soul. Uh, and then ultimately, when the pandemic came, uh, I just said, like, enough is enough. I need to put myself in a frequency where I could find out why I'm here or what would actually make me happy. And it's funny because people always ask me, like, weren't you scared to step into the CLS stuff in a whole new space when you had a stable job and leave that? And the truth of the matter is, guys, is I was petrified to go back and wake up one more day, miserable, dreading my day job. So the thought of trying something new like CLS was actually a breath of fresh air.
2: Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, purpose and passion. Do you see them as one and the same or they kind of work in conjunction to each other or one overrides the other?
1: So, so I feel very blessed because for me personally, they're the same personal development was my passion and ironically love. Now it's my purpose. Now it's my life, this stuff. Sure. Um, but I'm not sure if everybody has that same feeling. Uh, for example, I'm sure somebody can be passionate about video games, but, but maybe their purpose calls them to do something else that, that makes an impact. Um, so I don't think that they're one and the same. Uh, but as it turns out for me, it was just the perfect storm and the perfect alignment. For me, they are the same. I
2: know that through a lot of the um, work that you do about personal development, I've seen and knew nothing about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, Why don't you drop some education on us? uh, Because that's one of the things I wanted to kind of take from you that I think anyone can take into their mindset.
1: When I discovered personal development right out of college, when I stepped into Wall Street, it was like Tony Robbins and guys like that. I was watching YouTube videos and I stumbled across neuro linguistic programming or NLP. And essentially, my interpretation of it is, is it's the ability to reprogram your brain, to change your perspective. Right to change what you associate pain and pleasure to to utilize tools such as developing confidence and stuff like that. So when I found that guys, I went down the rabbit hole and I never looked back. I was just astonished that where I'm at it is not a life sentence. I could actually change my mindset. I can reinvent myself, so to speak. And then ultimately, now the stuff that I'm really excited about is like the quantum and the law of attraction, all that stuff. Uh, and that's like a whole deeper level. But NLP what was really the gateway for me to just understand that we can learn how to learn. We can change our mindset. And from that moment, everything opened up for me.
3: So I got to ask you this too. When you started this with only 300 Instagram followers, you didn't have any connections or anything like that. How was it just gaining a whole bunch of traction to like how, what I'm getting at is like Mark Cuban. That's huge. How did that come about?
1: As we continue to to build the podcast with names such as Rob Deerdeck, Ed Milet, John (laughs) Asko, Suzanne Summers, we started to gain a lot of credibility. People were sharing about it uh, and it brought traction. And then we started to get a lot of downloads, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so that provides value to someone that's looking to run an ad, right? Or or someone Mm -hmm. that wants some exposure. And and so we built it up to to the point where it provided value aside from just good content. Um, And and then my PR had a connection and connected with with him and his team. uh, And it was a great fit.
3: That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank you,
1: guys. Thank you.
2: You brought up something really interesting there. Um, You talked about viewing pain and pleasure. What do you mean by that? Like in their purpose?
1: So, for example, let's say somebody associates pain with something. For example, I, for years, did not like seafood. In my head, I created this belief um, that seafood was disgusting. I didn't like the smell, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, then it occurred to me, like, was I born with that belief or did I cultivate it over time? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I was the latter. So, I went back and rewired my mindset. And I said, if I'm going to go to all these networking dinners and interact with, you know, people that love to order sushi, uh, I'm sick and tired of not eating. And so I just reprogrammed my mind. I realized that, like, like I said, I wasn't born with that belief. I cultivated it. And seafood can actually be pleasurable if I give it a chance and the smell doesn't actually destroy me. Maybe it's intriguing. Uh, and I started eating sushi. And now to this very day, a spicy tuna roll with brown rice and a little side order of spicy mayo. One of my favorite dishes. I, I know it sounds so simple. And, and let me just be clear. It's not easy, but it's simple. It, it just it comes down to awareness and, and then committing.
2: Yeah. So it's total flip of mindset about something no matter what the situation may be. That's correct. Yeah. I love sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I love sushi. Um, uh, well, so working on Wall Street, which I mean, you know, for anyone that does follow, which I do, the volatility of the stock market and all that, it, that what an unstable environment to try to thrive in. And a lot of people that, that might be struggling with their mental health or if it's an addiction related issue, oftentimes, well... Almost one hundred percent of the time, reflection of our environment. How did you start to handle unstable environments and learn to thrive in them? Was it a, was it looking at them differently, looking at yourself in them differently, or a combination
1: thereof? So, so let me just be clear with you guys, and let me be completely transparent and vulnerable. This this the whole stock stuff that I was involved in. It was a lot of fun until it wasn't, right? Until it became so unpredictable and, and volatile. And then I stopped having fun and I was losing sleep and I was stressed out and I didn't like myself. I didn't like, I didn't, my energy was down. My frequency was low. Um, and ultimately I never really bounced back from that in terms of my mindset towards that place. I realized at that moment that this isn't how I want to live for the next 30 to 40 years. Um, the, the, when, once the bad outweighs the good, In anything a relationship or really anything then it's time to to go and so i eventually pivoted started a business in finance where we basically supplied working capital and loans to businesses um not a lot of stress uh, but not a lot of gratification either right like it wasn't very stimulating and so i thrived in terms of the fact that i made money on on wall street but i i never really after a certain point it was deflating, guys. Like, like it was soul sucking. And I realized, like, I just want to make people happy. I want to be happy. And that was a pivotal moment for me because that was kind of um, the beginning of the end for that season of my life. And then ultimately, fast forward a little bit to the pandemic, provided me an opportunity to, to reassess, um, which I desperately needed at that time. Um, but ultimately, I, I wouldn't say I, I thrived after a certain point. I, I was kind of just looking um, and, and searching to figure out why I'm here and what kind of impact I can make and how I could contribute to this world.
2: So I, I always like to ask, because you're a fascinating uh, individual, what was Craig like growing up? Well, what was home life? Were you, you, know, were you a, an athlete involved in, in school activities? What, what were you like? Because you seem very much a gung-ho go-after-things kind of man.
1: Yeah. Uh, growing up, I was always looking for purpose, straight up. like I, I had friends. Uh, I was a popular kid. I tried to fit in. I was a bit of a people pleaser. I, I like sports. I played all the sports. um, was never going to be a professional athlete. I didn't really take sports that seriously until these marathons, which I, I love because that, that whole thing in itself uh, is a mind game. And I think it's a good metaphor for life. But I come from a very, very close family. My brother Mark's my best friend in the whole world, and two parents um, been married for almost fifty years. So just just a loving home. Um, but but I'll be honest with you. Like my parents didn't instill in me from a young age. Like maybe do this or, or maybe do that. Like I didn't grow up saying I'm gonna play for the Yankees. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just was always trying to find myself, in that, and then eventually got to college and I had fun and I graduated, but I didn't really learn too much. And maybe that's for two reasons, right? Maybe they should teach personal development in school. They should teach you mindset stuff. Maybe that would actually intrigue me. Or maybe it's on me that I didn't give it a full shot, but I just wasn't interested in those curriculum stuff. It just didn't do anything to me until I eventually graduated and stumbled simultaneously on Wall Street and personal development. And just the fact that we could reprogram our mind, uh, and we can remove limiting beliefs, we can build confidence, that just changed everything for me. But 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 ultimately, up until that point, I was always searching for something. I was always very curious.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You brought up something uh, interesting there that uh, I can relate to, uh, people-pleasing. Yeah. How How have you dealt with that as you gain more life knowledge and experience, uh, that's a very big challenge for me and was had a lot to do with my addiction and and my excuse or reason to fall off relapse.
1: Yeah. You know, as I was searching for myself and always felt called and, and guided, but didn't know what it was, um, I didn't know who I was. I, I was trying to find myself. And, and ultimately, I felt at times that I was being a people pleaser, right? Like I was going along with with the way either society expected me to be or my family or friends. And I just, you know, I I said yes more times than I wanted to straight up. Um, And it wasn't really until I found running, but then really definitely when when I stumbled upon the idea um, that I'm going to do something different. I'm going to reinvent myself and start CLS. I made one promise to myself when I did that. I said, no matter what happens right now, how far this thing goes or doesn't, I will be 100% authentic and I will be Craig Siegel. And I understand that that will not be everyone's cup of tea or glass of whiskey, and that's okay. The right people will gravitate towards me and the right people will not, whatever the case may be. But I'm done being a people pleaser. I'm going to be 100% me. And this was only two years ago or less that I, I really became... Um, the most authentic Craig Siegel that's ever existed. So look, I'm under construction, just like I imagine you guys are, like all the listeners are and, and so forth. Uh, and that's why you asked me in the beginning of the conversation, like where am I now? I'm the best place I've ever been. And one of the reasons why um, is because I'm no longer a people pleaser. I'm just Craig.
2: Was yeah. it, it was it challenging to learn to say no? I, I found for me, that was one of the biggest things is, is the powerment of no, that's it. No period, nothing else need be said.
1: So it, it was challenging until I did it. And then it was liberating. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have a choice. Like I could say no to things that don't feel good to me. Uh, and then I started embracing that straight up. Now I'm not afraid to say no to anything. More of us need to adopt that, don't we? Uh, Life's too short, guys, right? Yeah. Like you, We can't keep doing things that are not in alignment or don't feel good or, or distracting and so forth. I mean, you could, but like, you know, forget about being a soul and a spirit, just in terms of this human experience, like we only have a certain amount of time, right? So I, I want to make the most of it, make an impact, and contribute. Uh, and I'm entitled to say no to things that don't feel good to me. And so are you guys.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would imagine that through the career that you started up till now, or maybe even now, I mean, because you are a go, go, go guy. So again, thank you for your time. We know that we're, we're, you sandwich us in a busy schedule. But uh, one of the things, and I think we've both had moments and people do no matter what your situation is in life, but burnout, man, like that is still something I struggle with, like waking up exhausted. We talk about that. It's like, man, I slept good, but I woke up exhausted. What are some of your tactics and how you, maybe you implement uh, avoiding burnout?
1: So the thing with me is, is that I genuinely love this stuff, this CLS stuff. I spent 35 years trying to find myself. So this isn't work to me. This conversation right now, I'm very grateful to be here and interacting with you guys and connecting and hopefully provides a ton of value for your audience and love to see where the relationship goes from here. Like, and then I have another coaching call right after this. Then I have a, an Instagram live with an NFL player after that and another call. And, and my day, I don't like to use the word busy, because I think that could be a little bit negative. My days are very full. Um, mm. But I love this stuff, genuinely. Are there days where I'm like, damn, like that's a long day? Yes. But it's not in a negative frequency. It's just mm. like, I could use a minute to just kind of disconnect. Uh, but ultimately, from being miserable for so long, I'm just in a different state of gratitude these days. Like I'm grateful to have packed days and so forth. Um, And it is what it is. I'll be honest with you. I I did just book my first uh, little vacation for the first time since I started CLS because I've been going 100 miles an hour for a year and a half straight, uh, and it felt good uh, to book but if I'm being honest with you guys, like I'll have my laptop there, I'll still be <laughs> working. Uh, I don't get burnt out because I genuinely love this stuff. And also because I'm not afraid to say no to things that don't feel good.
0: 5150 is a lifestyle. We believe in pushing yourself, finding your passion, knowing your dreams and working hard, and always striving to make those dreams your reality. We believe life is too short to sit back and say, what if, go after it, grab it and make it happen.
3: So you were saying that, you know, this is the most authentic Craig Siegel ever right now. When you like, when the pandemic started is when you started CLS, but was it like when you were 31, 32, did you know that you were going to start something? You just didn't know what it was. Like, did you know that there is a business coming? I just don't know what the business is yet. Or did you think this is my life? Fuck.
1: When I was stuck I, it was tough to see the big picture. And mm. also like a couple of years back, like my dad got diagnosed with cancer. I just got out of a toxic relationship. I, I was at a, you know, I'm, I was a business owner, that which is cool and grateful, but it felt like a job and, and I was miserable. And like, you guys know, like when, even when you're stuck in a relationship that you know is not healthy, like it's oh tough gosh. to Gosh, do we yeah. ever know? <laughs> <laughs> also like you start asking yourself, like, are people really happy? Like that you see, or is it like a facade and like, this is it. Um, And then ultimately I got out of that relationship. uh, And and to be honest with you, I'm having a breakthrough right now because what I just learned, because once I got out of that relationship, I was able to find, you know, the girl that I'm with now that that I'll marry. um, And also when I found running and when I started CLS, the common denominator, all these things is all those things uh, were are after a little bit of a, a reset or a step back to just kind of clear my head where I gained clarity. Um, so, so ultimately, no, I didn't always know that there was going to be something huge um, mm-hmm. that I had in my back pocket. I got stuck and I was in a bad spot a couple of years back where like I was in pain, like not physical, emotional and spiritual pain, straight up. Like, uh, let me be real. Um, And it was hard to see the big picture for a little while. And I'll be honest with you guys, like the pandemic, uh, I know it's very controversial, but just the fact that the world stood still and stopped for a second, it gave, and I believe life happens for us, not to us. That opportunity really woke me up um, to to get going and to make something happen and to find um, why I'm here. I didn't know. I didn't always know what that would be.
2: Yeah. No, and, and it's a, and it's a tough thing. We all we all do. I, I believe every human, you know, one of the primary things mm-hmm. is wanting to matter and ha- it, you know having purpose. And sometimes that is so challenging to find, especially you know for the the people that I do recovery group with or talk to or message us. They are letting pleasure seeking override purpose seeking, and it leads to a really empty life because. I mean, how many drinks can you have? How many drugs can you do? How many people can you hook up? like, it, it, it's like, it's an insatiable thing that will never be fulfilled. But purpose gives you something to wake up to. And it That's has a,
1: some steam. I, I love the way you worded that. It's so true, right? Like those, like, um, what would you call them? Like uh, a, a quick high or, or something that like doesn't last. Um, it's it's like the instant gratification, right? You, the whole idea is to be able to resist instant gratification for the big picture, where all the spiritual light really lies, and those things are only temporary. Um, but purpose—that's deep stuff. And I just want to acknowledge you. That was beautifully articulated.
2: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's speaking of you—you you pointed up uh, faith, a big part of uh, life for you.
1: It is, yeah. And let me be honest. Like I—I I grew up Jewish, um, went to temple and stuff like that. But what really means most to me over the last few years, especially, is strengthening my relationship with God each and every single day. And I genuinely speak to him. I don't think I've ever said that publicly. Uh, And and that's what's important to me, my faith in God. And so I wouldn't say I'm religious like in terms of being Jewish and so forth. What's most important to me is strengthening my relationship with God each and every single day.
3: I love that. I feel like I was actually talking about this with somebody last night. It's it's almost like it's in now to not believe in God. It's almost cool to like kind of shy away from it. That's the vibe I get from like today on, you know, social media and all that kind of stuff. So to hear that is refreshing. So thank you for that. Cause I also talk to God Mm -hmm. myself.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely guys. And I never said that publicly and I felt kind of liberating. Thank you for for sharing
3: that.
2: Yeah. Appreciate that. You trust that with us. Yeah, I know that like, I've had some struggles, Craig and The other morning, my girlfriend woke up and I'm like anxiety about, you know, challenges with work, kids, the whole thing. And she just hugged me and started praying. And it was like, all of a sudden, I wasn't hearing her voice anymore. It was something else. And it was like, like, I felt great. You know, there was something like, okay, whatever this crap that's thrown in front of me uh, or my kids or whatever it is, or life stuff, life, you know, is gifted to me there's a reason and a purpose behind it and it's being presented to me because i pray to god and he's giving me what i'm asking for but he's not just handing it over you know it's like you get to earn this kid so uh, yeah thanks for sharing sorry that was my ramble i wasn't sure where i was going with that
1: but (laughs) it just kind of brain fart no that's okay i appreciate it
2: yeah absolutely um so I want to ask about you said uh, CLS, of course, your initials. Uh, where did you really kind of develop though? Because what it stands for, first, if you could share that with people.
1: Yeah, so I'm a weird cat. Let me be transparent. Like, I'm a strange guy, and for some reason, I always gravitated towards the word symphony. Just thought mm. it was a cool word. I feel of like an orchestra, like all playing in tempo, like on fire. And, and so when I was thinking about the name to the brand. Um, right when I was putting this thing together I remember like the next day on a run in Central Park it just came to me like cultivate lasting symphony like like not like motivation because that's temporary but like how do we create something that that's like implying that it lasts forever so so lasting and then symphony like in tune like playing in tempo all on fire and it just occurred to me like that cultivate lasting symphony which is also Craig Landon Siegel I remember pulling over on a bench in Central Park, rushing to GoDaddy to buy the domain, which is, I didn't have to rush because who the hell was looking for CultivateLessXxippity.com. <laughs> uh, but but I grabbed that. And then once I snatched that domain, it gave me confidence. It was like step one, complete. Mm. Uh, and I just started building from there. So it's not the sexiest answer. I'm just a strange cat. And I like those words. And they're playing my initials, simply but. Hey, Love that.
2: No, that's dope. You never know. There might have been some kid in his mom's basement sitting there uh cultivating long symphony, elastic, damn it God, what am I gonna do That's right, That's right. <laughs> uh but you gotta seize the moment, so what really, if we're talking about cultivating lasting symphony, what does that mean to you
1: just to cultivate that edge that lasts forever to to really be in that frequency. Um, vibrating on a higher level that you want to create something um, that's not temporary where a setback's not going to cripple you, but ultimately you just have a, a different mindset. Like you're here to, to do some damage, to make an impact, to contribute to this world. Uh, and you're on fire and you can't be stopped. And, and that's what it means to me, simply put.
3: Right. Craig, you're obviously a very smart guy and I want to say motivated, but that's temporary. So you're a lasting guy. <laughs> Um, what advice would you give to somebody right now who feels stuck? I would say,
1: let's identify what you're good at. Let's start from there. And if you're you're having trouble gaining clarity on what you're good at, um, reach out to 10 people that are closest to you and ask them, what do you think I'm good at? Let's collect the data. There's going to be some similarities. At least then we'll get the creative juices going and we'll start to figure out what your strengths are, what your gifts are. And then from there, I would really try to identify what your passions are, what you actually love. Uh, And you can absolutely create a hybrid of making an impact and making a living. Um, You just got to find that alignment. So I would start with identifying and locating what your strengths are and what your gifts are and go from there. And at least that will give you some momentum and open up your eyes a little bit to what's possible.
2: Hmm. Uh, hell yeah uh, you bring up a uh, motivation and i hear it all the time or see it all the time uh, this is so motivating that's so motivating when some people aren't even motivated by their body telling them to get out of bed and use the bathroom uh so let's make a, a distinction maybe in your view between motivation and inspiration
1: yeah I- So I think motivation is just, just that temporary. It's like watching a Rocky movie, getting excited, signing up for the gym. And then two weeks later you're done. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't last. There's no guarantee. Um, But when you're in, when you're inspired, right. It's like in spirit. Uh, It's just something in your soul. It's a little bit different. It's like having that purpose uh, and that's just deeper. Right. So for example, like I'm inspired by death. And a lot of people think that's the weirdest thing. Like, aren't you scared at that? I'm like, I'm inspired by the fact that I don't know how long we'll be here. And I want to make every second count because I wasted a lot of time doing stuff uh, where I was miserable. And now that I have the awareness to realize that I'm in a hurry, I have a sense of urgency. I'm inspired to make sure that when my time is up from this human experience, um, not only did I leave a legacy, but more importantly, I, I made an impact. This conversation, someone can listen to in a hundred years from now, right? And they can grab some nuggets from it. They could grab a journal, grab a pen, and take some gems from this conversation. That's what I'm inspired by, is to make every single second count.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. You say that. I was uh giving me a flashback to a conversation. My brother is a an incredibly he, he, inspirational motivated guy and he got more so there our father unfortunately had an accident uh, quadriplegic now and it kicked him into high gear whereas it threw me into depression he's like bro you got to look at it differently this is like this is like a thing that our life has given us to realize that the time is is not infinite it's finite and how we use it it needs to be used wisely Um, was there any other occurrences with life or just really that I'm done with the wall street stuff that really kind of kicked you into high gear? Did you have some other life circumstances you brought up the toxic relationship? We can relate. (laughs) We know what you're talking about, how draining those can be too.
1: I think it was, it was a combination thing, guys. Like my, my dad, who my dad's older, he's in his mid eighties. My Mm. brother's older than me. There's a little bit of a gap. Um, but he was always so strong and healthy. Like my dad was the guy that was 85, but you, you you didn't think he was over 60. He was on fire, always working, stuff like that. He had gotten diagnosed with cancer a few years back. All at the same time that I got out of a relationship and all this stuff was going on. Um, and, and I just I started to have that sense of urgency. It's why I started running marathons. Like I wanted to do something cool, challenge myself. Um, ultimately, that wasn't the answer. I wasn't going to be a professional runner although I'm so grateful I found running because I love it to this day, but I was getting a little bit closer and the pandemic happened. And I just had this like gigantic epiphany and like speaking to God a lot. Um, And it was like, of course the writings on the wall, like, this is that moment and I really got to work like immediately, like there was not much time between identifying what we're going to do here and actually taking action. See, for me, it's like, and you guys asked me this early in the conversation, like I didn't always have clarity on what I wanted to do. I was always looking for something a little bit more. Um, But once I finally put it together and repackaged it with the idea in the pandemic, uh, it was go time.
2: Mm -hmm. Right on. Yeah. When we all hopefully have those moments, because I mean, it's interesting. You were sharing that a multitude of things really collided at one time, though. And a lot of people sometimes have a struggle with dealing with those multiple impactful things upon their life to go up or go down, so to speak.
1: I definitely struggled. Let me just be clear and be honest with you guys. Like that was a few years ago. It wasn't like that all happened and then CLS, boom. Uh, that was a rock bottom moment for me where I, I was really in, in a tight spot mentally and emotionally. And, and I didn't love the, the guy I was looking back at in the mirror. Um, you know, I lost confidence and, and I f- I had that victim mentality, right? Like why me? Uh, it was not a good situation. Uh, but ultimately I know that I had to go through all of that to get to where I'm at now uh, and to appreciate every second and to really understand life happens for us, not to us, so to speak. But that was certainly a challenging time.
2: Yeah. How did you break that victim mentality? So many people struggle with that. And I've struggled with that at points in my life.
1: Yeah. Um, just personal development, right? I, I know it's my life now, but Personal development, I, I would always be sharpening the axe, like listening to audiobooks, journaling, podcasts, and so forth. And, and that always kept me afloat. That always kept me excited and, and always kept me in the game, so to speak. Uh, and, and when you have that going on, when, just like staying like physically fit, people don't realize that what's even more important is staying mentally fit. And I remember going through ruts and, and I would ask myself, like, why am I feeling like so down And then it's because I haven't been sharpening the ax, as I like to say, or doing my personal development stuff. So now, obviously, I do it every single day because it's technically my job, right? But (laughs) I love this stuff. I would do it anyway. Like this conversation, I can't stress enough. It's not work to me. So personal development, feeding your mind, staying mentally fit with positive affirmations, being aware that you can change your thoughts, right? Because- thoughts are random thinking is not. So anytime you're feeling weird or off, it's just feedback from the universe telling you that you currently have disempowering thoughts and you have the ability to decide which thoughts take up real estate inside your mind. So all this stuff, just staying at it and conditioning.
2: What are some positive
1: affirmations that work for you? Honestly, you're going to think I'm out of my mind. I'll walk around like my New York city apartment and I'll just scream like a lunatic. I am a gladiator and this is my arena straight up like a, like a lunatic. Your neighbor say uh, true. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> either that or they're fascinated <laughs> but uh, I, I'll I'm a strange cat I'll walk around screaming that stuff and, and I get myself in the zone and I'm excited um, and, and also I have like seven or eight journals on my dining room table they're all open so every time like uh, if I get off a call or I get off a podcast with case may be or a speaking engagement I'll just open up a journal I'll just read an excerpt feed my mind with some positive energy and then bang on to the next
2: I actually dig that. I who was it we talked to that? Was, Rivka. Yeah, that's uh, uh, actress Rivka Reyes. She played Katie in um, School of Rock. She was on and talking about it. She would look in the mirror and tell her these things, you know, like I'm beautiful, I'm sexy, so it's some some other things that I won't repeat, and all this shit. And and people don't think that works, but it does. Like I I I don't think I've shared this. Like I will like. I love you. You have value. You're, you know, you you uh, care about, you know, X, Y, and Z. You know the people in my life. You know and stuff like that. It works. It does make a difference in your mindset.
1: For sure. Yeah. Because the, the reality is, it's backed by science. Most of the thoughts over the course today, if not seventy five percent, are negative. So the greats and the legends are the ones that are aware of that. And they know how to block out the interference. One of the ways to block that out. Is to continuously reaffirm positive affirmations, and so yes, that stuff absolutely does work. But for the listeners, absolutely try it.
2: Yeah, well, and again, the, the, the thing I think, and tell me if from what you've learned, is why negative thoughts are so impactful is because it's always in our voice. And if we're going and seeking outside solutions to inside problems, you know, affirmation from other people, substances, or whatever else it is. It's a big part of that reason that that thing will never be filled, that we will always be insatiable there until we really work on that voice upstairs.
1: So true. Yeah, absolutely agree.
2: Well, right on. Uh, Let's talk about the uh, CLS experience, the podcast. When did you start it? And you've had some awesome people on, man.
1: Yeah, thank you for saying that. I started a year ago. Um, we've had some some really cool guests on, such so just Rob Deardorff, Ed Milet, uh Bethany Hamilton, Suzanne Summers, Lisa Silverstone, John Asaroff, Brian Dawkins, uh, Darren Woodson, uh, you name it. Um, and it's really cool because in the beginning, I, I literally had zero connections, right? And I just built up these relationships and this network, and I built a huge community with my CLS audience. And so that provides values to some of these guests. And you know, we just hit a million downloads. We have sponsorships, and, and it's just taken our life its own and Of all the, let's just say the 10 lanes and the 10 lane highway that is CLS, I'll be honest with you guys, and and I imagine you agree, the podcast is one of my favorite. Just to have great, stimulating, awesome conversations, getting paid for it is pretty cool too. Uh, I just love that stuff. So for me, the idea was, yes, it would build brand awareness, but more importantly, I knew I'd be able to have some really deep, solid conversations with some pretty big, important people. And the reason why that was important to me is because those people, those cats have big audiences, right? So if you're having a really good compelling conversation, you're able to infiltrate more eyeballs or more eardrums and have more people hear you so you can make more of an impact. So the podcast from day one was something I was really excited about. And and to this day, one of my personal favorite things going on for sure. What are some
2: of the highlights from some of the uh, episodes for you that maybe stand out?
1: Just the common denominators that make a lot of these successful people tick. And it's funny because nobody's career went up in a straight line. Like there's, there's so much rock bottom moments and adversity uh, and challenging times, um, but all the greats, like they don't quit. You know, they understand, like it, it's a part of the process, adversity, obstacles, um, and they change their perspective and they push through. And I think that's the, one of the most common denominators is just that that perseverance, that resilience to, to never give in, so to speak, and to continue on. And, and I just I just love to hear stories about what it was like when people were struggling because everyone knows the success stories. I mean, you can Wikipedia that, um, but those really deep inside stories are what fascinated me the most for sure.
2: Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. Uh, Mikey, uh, you got anything else for Craig before we
3: uh, jump into them random questions? I do. Are you allowed to tell us who you're going live with the pro I'm a big football fan. That's why I, that's why I asked or is that kind of just wait till it happens. Type of yeah, play? no,
1: I'll be going live at 6 p.m. Eastern with Eric Wood um, retired from, from the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, good, nice. a good friend of mine. Great guy.
3: Very, Very cool. Good. Their current quarterbacks actually. Grew up what? 45 minutes from. Yeah, here? so that Josh was cool. Uh, Josh Allen, Allen. Yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah. Fireball Stop. split about I, an hour from here. Yeah, something. about an hour. So that's hour cool. <laughs>
1: Right we saw that
3: guy, yeah. Oh, gosh, dude's an animal. I'm not a Bills fan at all, but I love him because you know it's kind of represent same with Derek Carr. I am not a Raider fan, but he went to Fresno State, that's close to us, so it's like right on. Go, Derek <laughs> Carr.
2: <laughs> uh, if people want to find out more about you, Craig, and the podcast, uh, can you tell them how to do
1: that? Yeah, come say hello on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, the record breaking the CLS experience. Our website, CultivateLastingSymphony.com, always to work with us, the CLS membership, the masterminds, all that stuff. And if you love daily inspiration, uh, text anything to the number 917-634-3796. Come say hello.
2: Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, for those that are watching on YouTube or listening on the audio platform, all of Craig's uh, links are also in the podcast description as well. So make sure to uh, hit them up. Tell me you heard about it here on Knocking Doors Down. Mikey,
3: you're up first with random questions. Craig. If they were to make a movie about you, who would you cast to play yourself?
1: Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Just always liked him. Cool cat.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he is badass. All right. Uh, Being the last movie I saw him with, superhero movie. If you could have one superpower, what would it be?
1: Um. I mean, flying seems pretty cool, to, you know, Superman, but, but I feel like that's a little bit cliche. Um, I don't know. I always liked Wolverine too, with the, the ability to heal and, and obviously the claws and stuff. Uh, that one's pretty cool to me.
3: Right on. Right on. Um, Gosh, dang it. I just said it on. Oh, yeah. If you could have dinner with anybody in the entire world, living or not, who would it be? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why Arnold just always a big fan of that
1: visionary. Uh, I grew up watching him when he was in his prime from the bodybuilding to the Hollywood uh-huh. uh, and it, all the cool stuff he did after that uh, just love to have a conversation with him and I'm gonna go ahead and put the intention out there and manifest that he will be on the CLS experience at some point
0: right
2: on nice. that's good if you get it pass it along because that's one of my heroes too him and Stallone they're kind of they're they're right up there Legends. Okay. Legends. Oh, yeah. Those are two guys that came from nothing to make what they've done with their lives, for sure. Um, if you were stranded on a deserted island and you had one movie and
1: one music album, what would they be? Um, that's a phenomenal question. Uh, the movie would probably be The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yes. Um, and the album would be... Greatest showman.
2: Right on. Mikey Dark Knight Rises, a Batman movie just for you. He doesn't, he doesn't get the superhero. I have no <laughs> I've never got into it. Never I'm, a, into I'm it. a huge Batman guy, so
1: I'm with you. Are you going to see the
2: new one? Oh, hell yeah. I'm going to see the new one, of course. Damn. I'll I'll say, see you Friday. Send me
3: a message of my review. I'm going to see you Friday, so we'll chat. All right. Deal. We'll do that. Uh, anything else, Mikey? Top three favorite bands?
1: Bands? Bands. Uh, I always liked Bon Jovi. Is that considered a band? Sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. You um, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Goo Goo Dolls. Three throwbacks.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you, you're even though you live in New York, you know, Jersey boy, John Bon Jovi it makes sense. It's a good parallel.
1: Yeah, I know those are all kind of like older, uh, you know, uh, band and so forth. But I don't know. I love the
3: classics. Hey, I grew up on the classics, so I feel it, man. I'm saying you okay. guys are making me feel a whole
2: bit like Bon Jovi and the Google Goo dolls are now classics. You know, it's like, oh, man, <laughs> I'm the old guy in the room here for sure. I was like shit. My grandparents. Look <laughs> just kidding. I kiss my ass. Hey, Craig, man, this has been an absolute pleasure and we really appreciate your time. Um, if you could drop any knowledge on uh, on those listening that you might want to share, um, please floor is yours.
1: Just, just simple awareness, understanding that where you're at right now is not a life sentence. It's not an indication of where you can go and who you could become. Look yourself in the mirror very intensely and say three words. Why not you? Because you absolutely can reinvent yourself at any time. The moment that you decide you want more for yourself and your life, you can change everything. It just comes down to that realization that you have a choice.
2: I am. Craig Siegel, thank you, man. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uncle Mikey, you got anything else? No, I'm going home. On that note, keep
1: knocking doors down. Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: Here at Knocking Doors Down, we share the stories of people who overcome adversity. You know that already, but what you may not know is that our partners at the Carlos Vieira Foundation aim to help people who struggle with their own adversities as well. The Carlos Vieira Foundation helps those in need through their race for autism, race to be drug-free, and race to end the stigma campaigns. You can also choose the Carlos Vieira Foundation as your charitable organization on Amazon Smile to contribute as well. To learn more and support these causes, check out all the info at carlosvierafoundation.org.